We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Does anyone have, like, the one, like, extremist conservative in your family? They're like, you know, we had, like, during COVID, we lost them. They're like, ah! You know what I'm saying? It's always an uncle. He's at family reunion. He's like, John, come here. He's always whispering, John, get over here. John, come here. What? Did you get the vaccine? What? I heard it's laced with Hillary's blood. <laughs> he's always whispering to you. He's always like in the in the outskirts of the family. He's not like involved in the. He's like on the. He's like John, come here. What are we doing, Uncle Randy? Get over here. Why are we behind the bushes? Get over here, cheer by the conspiracy. What now? Think about it. Jill Biden's shoe size. Six. Barack Obama's dog, age six. CNN spelled twice. Six, six, six. Okay, let's just... John Chris, how you doing, man? What's going on, brother? That was that was posted. Props to your team. That was probably posted like an hour ago. We move fast over here. I, I have oh, a yes. crack, serious team over here. Uh, you know, it's funny because I was able to watch the clip, which I've obviously seen before, uh, and I was able to watch you at the exact same time. You laughed once at your own stand-up, which oh, you it's could, hard. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're, I didn't know you were watching me. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, I've. I've I've seen it and told it a couple times. So yeah, I've, I've, uh, I mean, that'd be funny me editing my videos. I'm just sitting in just cracking up at myself. <laughs> it's hard to own- watch yourself, right? Like in general as a comic, cause you're always like, ah, that pause could have been a little longer. I should have milked that laugh oh, yeah. a bit more, this, that, the other thing. Well, I mean, I'm, I already, I'm watching that. We filmed that probably last year. I just put up the clip today, but I move so fast. And that's like, a, I, I look back at it, I go, gosh, I need to just calm down and just deliver, you know, a lot of sometimes there's, the comedians just stand there and I feel like I'm more energetic and I think it might be a, a sign of like, I sometimes look at it as a sign of like nervousness or insecurity. So who, yeah, who thanks, your, for, uh, thanks for this PTSD. The- <laughs> We're doing a little comedy therapy here. We'll talk about how fast you move on stage, the pauses, all that. Who who were your main guys growing up, right? Like that's the number one comedian question. Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up listening to Brian Regan and uh, Tim Hawkins. And then in college, I got into uh, Kings of Comedy, Cedric the Entertainer. And I always tell everybody the reason I started uh, stand-up comedy is because I saw a Cat Williams special in 2008. And it, it I jokingly, but not really, it's, it changed my life. So is that the moment you were just like, I'll, I'll be funny. Yeah. That's like, it's like kind of a, uh, like a a salvation story, but in comedy, you know, (laughs) it's like, that's, that's when I got saved. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a little older than you. 1983. I was seven years old. I saw Bill Cosby himself on HBO sitting in my parents' living room. 
I and I was buckled over laughing. I could yep. I didn't even know what he was talking about really. Yep. I just thought everything about the movement, you talk about the movement, mm -hmm. he was sitting through most of it. I just thought nothing could possibly be funnier and why wouldn't you want to make people laugh for yep. a living? That, I mean, that's pretty much the exact same feeling and a lot of people obviously I've gone into it professionally, so a lot of people haven't, but everybody if you ask anybody's favorite uh music, movie, stand up, it is from that like 12 to 14 like you didn't you were old enough to like realize things like free willy's like my favorite movie ever i i was so it's a joke but i was so mesmerized by this movie i was just old enough to go to my buddy's house and his parents let us watch it and this this trying to save this whale it's silly now but i mean there's no there's no feeling that could ever no movie now i'm 39 could ever get me like that I forget, at the end of Free Willy, the, the whale falls on him as he's jumping over him, right? That's how it ends? <laughs> I think that's a Daniel Tosh remake. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he saves him, dude. Oh, he, he saves, saves the guy. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. He saves the whale. He that's runs does, to the end of the levee. Oh, everybody's thinking it in their minds because they all know. Where uh, where do you start doing stand-up? Man, I started in Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in Lilburn, Georgia, which is about an hour north. Uh, my dad is a Pentecostal preacher, and he's now the mayor of the city. Actually, oh wow! Which is we we uh, have plenty of chuckles at that, but I drove about an hour down into Atlanta to the comedy club, and uh, I did it for the first time, and uh, it, it obviously went horrible. As as I'm sure your first show did, or your first appearance on anything was terrible. That's pretty much how it works. Yeah. Do you think did they told me if you do something for the first time, you're terrible at it? and you immediately want to do it again, that's a sign that that's probably what you're made to do. You feel that? <laughs> if you are stupid enough to do it again. No, honestly, the first time I did stand-up, believe it, I freaking crushed it, almost because you don't know how to make a mistake. But then then after that, then you start getting in your head and thinking about it, and then you go through all the, the lean stuff yeah. and, and, and all that. Like, yeah, when, when, when somebody says, like, like if you, got, if you got in a car wreck this afternoon, right, and you get home, and you get to the office and you're gonna tell a buddy or a coworker about it. You don't rehearse it. Right. You just tell it. You go just tell tell them what happened. And if you tell the story to your wife, your parents, then the story kind of gets you kind of know where the the emotional parts are, and you maybe drum up the emotion or say they're going so fast. You just tell the story, and that's what comics, if if it's they're like, Do you hype yourself up? Do you you know, drank, do you smoke before the show? I go, nah, dude, I just, you gotta, you gotta talk to that crowd no matter how big it is, just like we're talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, Otherwise, it really, it's that connection. You have, your, you have to get your heart rate down, actually, not like a football game, you try to hype yourself up, get psyched, and you can't do that in comedy. What was the uh, the Atlanta scene like? I mean, everyone knows about kind of New York stand-up scene, Boston scene, Chicago, LA, yeah. but you don't hear too much about Atlanta. Well, it's a very, I would say, a very, um, very progressive city. A lot of the cities that we perform in, it's funny, like uh, Portland, uh, Wilmington, let's say Asheville, North Carolina, even Atlanta, are blue cities surrounded by all red, which which makes for the best comedy. Yeah. People always ask, like, do, do you is Portland tough? I go. No, dude. They they need you. Oh, dude, there's they feel so 
like oppressed that you just come in and say something and they think you like <laughs> hung the most. It's it, doing stand up honestly through the pandemic. Yeah. And and everything that's happened in the last couple of years has been people say like with free speech, it's like tough to be a comic or like must be tough because everybody's offended at everything. I go, dude, it's the opposite. Every, it's so easy to cross the line now. All you have to do is say like, oh, I don't think there's, I think there's only two genders. And that's like inflammatory now. So the the line you have to cross to make something funny is very, very, very tight. And it's it, it makes it makes comedy, I think, a lot easier. Do you think there's like another layer to it now, which I've noticed when I do, and I don't, I don't do like stand up in clubs that often anymore, but I do book tours and that kind of thing. Sure. But I'm in essence, I'm doing stand up. And what I've noticed is my audience that obviously leans conservative, like your audience probably somewhat leans conservative, that they're so, they're so happy to be out and about kind of like you're, what you're talking about. And they're ready to be, they don't get offended, but if you offended them, they'd be freaking thrilled, right? Oh, like they'd, thrilled. they'd yeah. actually be thrilled. Oh yeah, because I, I say at the show, I go, this, all this show is, it's very simple. There's, you know, 5,000 people in there. I go, all this show is, is just the group text with your buddies out loud. That's all it is. Yeah, and and it's, it's so, every comedian I know, um, all from Nashville, or, or especially uh, Theo Vaughn, Napar Gatsy, Leanne Morgan, just everybody's show, I mean, that we can't add enough shows. It's everybody's sold out because this is the only time, at least since I've been alive, where my neighbor, your neighbor, can get fired for him saying something on his socials. So like, if your neighbor, someone in your community feels a certain way about a myriad of topics, if he posts that, somebody could see it that I don't wanna do business with them, I feel uncomfortable with it, and he can get either brought in, reprimanded, silenced, or fired. And that's that goes for, by the way, everybody. So, honesty or truth or transparency has gone kind of underground a little bit where you go nah. and, and then you kind of that's all the show is is just saying those things out loud so what year did you start doing stand-up 19 or 2009 2009 so when the woke thing was really kind of blowing up you know closer to i guess 15 16 yep. and now into these last couple of years did, could you see the way it was killing comedy in general um, I think at the I think at the at the beginning it did, it, and it, and now like I think there's so everybody's like offended at everything and 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 hurt by everything and everybody wants to cancel everybody. It becomes comedy always really was kind of like an outlaw art form. That's what it was. He like back in the court jester days. If you want to go all the way back in history, the the king would be like, look at this beautiful kingdom. Everyone's happy. Everyone's flourishing. Everyone's profitable. And the people would be like, what? And like, they look around the, the, the kingdom and they'd be like, and the court jester, they would give him 30 minutes to come up and be like, the king says everybody's prospering, but look at the people from so-and-so village just to keep everybody yeah, yeah. honest. That was his, that was his job. And whether it's in American culture, Republican, Democrat, conservative, Christian, every subculture has a meme account with that's that's basically keeping nurses accountants people from nashville any group you're a part of there's a meme account making fun of your group even your family everyone has one in their own family that's kind of what that joke is about right exactly so you have that is your, is your uncle actually randy 
<laughs> no, he's not Randy. <laughs> well, that's a combination of a couple uncles, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you mentioned, so Atlanta, obviously a progressive city, but your family, like, were you always kind of, I don't mean to make it right, left, conservative, liberal, but like, you know, we're kind of like-minded travelers ideologically, oh, yeah. I think. Were you, was that kind of always where you were at? Um, yeah, we, so we grew up like very, I was homeschooled and Christian and uh, Pentecostal. So all those things kind of, I mean, it wasn't so divisive as it is now when I was growing up, but all those, uh, you know, a lot of very, like not scared, but like my parents had a lot of fear of um, like public schooling that we were going to learn. I mean, I joke about it now, evolution or the big bang theory or, or, uh, sexual education that didn't line up with the Bible, things like that. Uh, I was only funny story. I was only allowed, uh, once I turned 16, I of course live in a, in a small town where there's a bunch of fast food restaurants. I was only, uh, permitted to be employed at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that I laugh sounds pretty now. good to me. They're all clean. Yeah. Everybody's friendly. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, we had like a lot of, I mean, I don't know if it's a, it's a conservative ideal, I guess, but a lot, everybody had a job working. There's no, you know, if you wanted to save a couple thousand bucks and buy a car, you had to do it on your own. And I think that kind of lends itself. I, I was talking to my CPA actually last week and he, and I go, dude, it, why we got to pay taxes? And I go, how come everybody's not a Republican? Like, yeah, I go, not even like, I go, the size of the, I mean, you own your own business. So do I, the size of these, the, not to brag, but this, these, I go, how is our people? Okay. With, yeah. and that's, if that's not, not Republican, maybe a little bit more conservative and ideal small government. Uh, but my CPA said everybody that started with nothing and gained, uh, is, is Republican. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you kind of always had it and it was passed down in your family, then uh, that's different. But anyone that's when you probably grew up like me, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't know how you grew up, but yeah, we're cutting grass. You know, we were we were definitely middle class, but like I had jobs growing up. I was doing the paper route and I had to earn money okay, to paper get route, my dude, stuff. That is old, bro. Pa I, paper I'm, route. I'm 47. You're you're a kid, man. You're, was, you're a yeah, kid. We're, we're close the same age. Yeah. When when you were doing stand up at the beginning, were people bringing cell phones into the clubs? Because when I wow. I started in uh, I graduated college in '98, so I, my first oh, yeah. stand up gig, New York Comedy Club in New York City, May of yeah, oh, it was yeah. May of '98. Cell phones. I don't even think people had cell phones. You, the iPhone didn't exist, but no. cell phones really changed comedy. Um, yeah, we, I, so I, I work, everybody has like a quote, like home club. I, I live in Nashville. I go to Zanies and yep. they have, uh, these things are called yonder bags where they put your phone in them. And then they, uh, this magnetic and everybody's phones locked up and it's, it's twofold really one of the comics. If you're going out on Monday at an open mic night and trying a brand new bit, 
right? And that's the that's what everybody loves about stand up trying something new. And it could come across as if you haven't gotten the words right or the tone or maybe the angle. Sometimes you do a joke that sounds a little too harsh, lighten it up, or it sounds a little too loose. Maybe come you when a joke that joke that you saw at the beginning of this is from my Netflix special. Mm-hmm. But when I go out tomorrow for the first time ever doing a joke, it's not, and you don't want that, you don't want that surfacing on YouTube. So that's the first way. And then the second is just for attention span. If you, if you go into a Drake concert, you can kind of enjoy it peripherally and be on your phone at a comedy show. We need everybody kind of locked in. So it does help. We have a no phone policy at all of our shows. Obviously we're not going to kick somebody out if they pull one out, but it's, it makes the show better. You, you like hecklers or do you not like hecklers? I always find that to be an interesting uh, dividing line with comics. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. They don't really I allow don't, them that much anymore. I mean, in the back of the day, you, that was like part of the thing. You were going to get yeah. heckled. It's kind of how it was. Well, you think about like, um, you know, a, a comedian like Jim Gaffigan or Jerry Seinfeld or somebody that you, you paid 70, 80, upwards of $100 to go see. Those those guys are not getting heckled just because. But like, if you go to open mic night, and somebody like you, do you just have to bark on the street to sell? Oh tickets? yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I spent so a lot some, of a lot of hours out there. Some tourist that's just walking around is like, you want to come to a comedy show? He has no emotional investment. So he, if you have less invested in the show, you do tend to heckle more. And then um, all the unfortunately. And it doesn't really happen in my shows, but you see so many videos going viral, like a guy like Matt Reif or something like that, where there is a lot of yelling out. So if you go to the show and that's all the videos you've seen, you think these people aren't yeah. malicious. They just think that's how it goes. You like you yell stuff out to Usher or Harry Styles. You yell stuff out at a comedy show, but I mean... I don't see it much at my shows, but I don't mind it because these people are generally trying to be funny or help the show, not trying to be insensitive or mean. Right. Is your goal like you want to be a legendary comedian, like known as a, just a legendary stand-up when you're when you're 85? Or, you know, pe- they don't really make sitcoms anymore, but people used to want sitcoms yep. or freaking game show host or whatever. Yep. Like, is, is that like the, the North Star for you? What if I... What if I told my dad at 10 years, I want to be a game show host. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I knew I one think, comic who always said his goal was to be a game, this guy Eric something in New York, what, he always wanted to be a game show host and I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. Like that's that's, that's what you're supposed to fall into. You don't yeah. want to do it, you know? That's a default after things don't work out. Right, exactly. Uh, I, I always told like my kind of at the beginning, my nor- is I have, uh, I have things in here on my heart and in my head that I would like to get out. Right. I'd like to, in a, in a comedic way, influence the culture, really the same way, thing that you're doing. And my dad actually, uh, he was a pastor for 30 years and now he's the mayor of the city. And we talked one time, he goes, John, you know, we're, we're in essence doing the same thing. He goes, we all look at, and, and me and you, we look at the culture. Yeah. We don't like it. Or, or there's a lot of, a lot of it we do like, but we see things and we don't, like the direction things are headed. And there's a lot of voices. And I I would like to contribute mine to uh, fix or restore or make things. So like my dad said he was doing it for 30 years as a pastor, trying to change people's hearts, right? Then he became a politician. 
and was trying to change things by legislation and laws. And he said, and we, as a comedian, I look at the same things, don't like them. And I try to influence them by humor. And I think in terms of uh, a game show or a sitcom or whatever, we have probably 8 million followers on social media. And my agent was like, dude, if you go from, I mean, I'll put out a video, that video I put out today will get 10 million views. So he goes, what are you going to do? Go on Comedy Central on Thursday night? <laughs> Nobody's going to see that. Even the late, it, even the late shows, and we love them all, and we, I'm grateful for their their position in in the comedy world. But don't like, nobody watches them. Yeah. So go for the record, my, for the record, I'm not accepting myself in that we. They're fucking no. horrible. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you yeah, meant you we, know, the comedy community that wants to get on television. Oh no, or like we. I was grateful uh, yeah. for him. Johnny Carson, yeah. grateful for Johnny Carson, but not grateful yeah. for these guys. Like, come on. No, and so you go, so you go, if if you have this size of a social media platform and you the same, to go backwards yeah. into like cable television would be it would be like going backwards. If you if you're my goal was to get the things in here and in here out to the most amount of people, uh, building continuing to build social platforms and then tour live would be the would be the goal. You mentioned the uh, the parts of the culture that you don't like. Can you tell everybody, your, for the people that don't know, the the Netflix cancellation story that you went oh, through? Because yeah. I think it's I think it's pretty interesting in that, like most people that get canceled unjustly, you came out the other side, yeah, in a better position. Um, yeah. So we 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 had a uh, I was touring a bunch in 2019, and uh, I was. We had a Netflix schedule uh, plan for that was going to come out on Thanksgiving. We we're also going to be on one of the late shows. I think it was James Corden, which uh, uh, that got canceled. My career surprisingly didn't take a big hit from uh, <laughs> James Corden. But uh, <laughs> but I was I was like drinking a bunch and uh, I would say behaving like a comic that was working at the the comedy club you grew up in. Yeah. But I was also but the I was working at a bunch of churches. So, I mean, I took all those gigs knowing that my personal life was not aligned with the values that those churches stood for. And I, uh, they ended up making a, an article about me, about some relationships I had with women and drinking and things like that. And what's funny is it was kind of like tabloid-ish type information, but we were so, if you look back at that time, it was very... People were like quitting their jobs like proactively. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Like people yeah, yeah. were like, well, that's why I think hey. it's interesting because you were right in the thick of that yeah. crazy two year right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and it, looking back at it now, I mean, obviously we would have probably just continued touring. And we, but, but we kind of put fuel on the fire by canceling our tour. So the headlines that ended up coming out was comedian cancels tour amidst allegations, which made us look. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but the, people don't remember about that time. It was, I think you've seen a lot of like uh, with Johnny Depp and Dave Portnoy and the the kicker for the Bills and then um, the baseball player for the Indians that are like, have been, people have said things about them and they're like, dude, these things are not true. Yeah. And yeah. people now kind of have a voice 
to be like, yeah, I made some poor choices and let, but here are the DMS or here are the, but back then in 2019, it was so scary. And it's just not, it's not scary anymore to like, everybody's coming after everybody. And it kind of has diluted the whole, the whole movement. You think there's also something weird about like comedians back in the day, everyone was like doing coke till their brains exploded. Like you expect artists to do weird stuff and experiment and have sex with a lot of people and all of that stuff. And suddenly we're asking our artists to behave like they're priests basically. Yeah. And a lot of priests don't behave like they're priests. Right, yeah, priests might be the wrong word. That's funny. Uh, Well, you look at, you look at, you know, I was like just being a being a 35 year old single comedian on the road. Now yeah. I was working at church. I understand that. But like so they removed my Netflix special and I would I would like to just you'd be like, all right, Netflix. What are the rules to be on your platform? Because there's people convicted in court of law of way worse things that that my uh, he said, she said. Um, I heard from a friend of a friend that John was doing X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. which is like, all right. So like Kevin Spacey's still up there. All like, uh, all the guys that like did all those terrible things. Caitlyn Jenner, obviously pretty sure killed a person, but, uh, we just, they, they, they kind <laughs> well, of, he, he or she had her, he or she, her yeah, reasons, he or she, you're right. You know. Yeah. Now I'm going to be canceled for this. I said, yeah, he, yeah. that's all right. So it's kind of like, a. Well, what what exactly are the rules? And that's why people get frustrated a lot with society. Is you go, oh, this th- I heard about this, and then it turns out not to be true, or some parts of it are true and some aren't. But it's like, well, it's too late. We're we're gone. But luckily, we can make jokes about it now because my career has obviously flourished bigger than it was before. So. You'll love, th- you'll love this one. At the height of that, so this is probably right around the same time you're going through all of that, I tweeted out as a joke, it was completely as a joke, that there was an episode of The Golden Girls from around 1988 where Betty White and Rue McClanahan, they're wearing face masks, so oh, their yeah. faces are brown, and it happens to be that uh, B. Arthur's son is marrying a black woman, so it's this whole episode about a black woman, a black uh woman and a white boy getting married and they're yep. and it's all about families coming together and no one's racist at the end but there's yep. this one scene for about 30 seconds with Betty White and Rue McClanahan they're not in black face they're just wearing face masks as right. a joke I took a screenshot of it and I said I can't wait till they cancel Betty White and I freaking love Betty White and, and literally did. like a week later Hulu took that episode out of the catalog I think it really? just got yeah I think it just got added back in like in the last 2 or 3 months Isn't that oh, insane my, Yeah that's Betty that's, White. I, and you said like you, I didn't, that, that I didn't, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that story in the least. Yeah. Not in the least because it does, it does, dude, it does feel good to, that's why the tabloids exist, right? To, if you think David Rubin or John Christ or, or LeBron James or whoever is up there. Yeah. Not to compare us to them, obviously. Oh, no, I mean, no. We're definitely up there with LeBron James. That was good. That was good. Athlet- I mean, I, athletically at least. <laughs> but so if you're here, somebody else is here, it does feel good to notch them down a little bit. Because my, guys, it, it, my guys know that I scored three points in my over 35 basketball league that I'm playing in every week. I scored three points bait, this week. Baby. I hit one three. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Oh, yeah. It's sad. What's uh, what's next, man? What's next? 
Now we are headed out. We have the third leg of we're going out this weekend to Phoenix. Uh, we have four shows there. We do, nice. we do what we do in every city is we add one, and if they keep selling, we just keep adding them. So we did Saturday. Um, we sold that out. We added Friday. We sold that out. We added Sunday. We sold that out. We added a matinee show. So we'll be there all weekend. Uh, we're we're taking off for the rest for the holiday, and then we're kicking back January. I want to say 17th, and we're going to about uh, 50 cities across the, the U.S. and Canada. You making it to Miami? Let me think if we're making it down there. I know we've come down there a bunch before. We come down. We we came down to the Improv. You ever been there? Uh, yeah, I've done the Improv. I oh, sold it yeah. out. You know, uh, I'm, I'm Wait, doing okay. Why don't uh, Why don't we do something together? You, I, I mean, I could just sit there and heckle, or, or I guess I could yeah, open for yeah. you. you know? No, we could do like we, you could do some yeah. time. I could do some time, and then we could sit on some chairs and and do a Q and A. We could arm wrestle. There you go. Who wouldn't pay for that? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, we're gonna link to all your stuff down below. And you want to like uh, send them anywhere? Can we send them anywhere specific? Let's see, uh, John B. Christ on all social media uh, or uh, JohnChristComedy.com. That's excellent branding, and that's pretty much ninety percent of it. Boom. Miami it is. Thanks, man. Thank you, David. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.